Hi, and welcome to Process, a brand spanking new podcast where we have honest conversations about what it takes to manage the ups and downs of the creative process. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. This is our very special launch day today. We'll be releasing three episodes today. And this is the very first one. Two more coming up after this. On this first episode of Process, I am super excited to be talking to Ali Nelson, someone I've been admiring from afar for what seems like forever. This is a very exciting interview for me. Ali is a letterer, illustrator, artist, graphic designer, road warrior, and much more. In this episode, we'll be diving deep into using exploration to discover new avenues of creativity and how sometimes the creative journey feels a little bit like a roller coaster. Ali shares how she manages the internal aspects of creating while not sacrificing her results in her incredible, incredible art. Let's get to it. Ali, it's awesome to have you on. Welcome to Process. Welcome, Ali, to Process. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm curious a little bit about what got you to where you are today. Um, and tell us a little bit about your creative journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that growing up, I always kind of leaned sort of towards creative things, but I don't know that I ever necessarily viewed myself as an artist. Um, I played a lot of sports growing up. I did a lot of leadership, was really into academics. And so art always took a back seat in my journey. And um, it was funny, though, because every job that I found, I ended up leaning towards projects that were more creative or would require, you know, some kind of artistic, I don't know, talent, gift, whatever it was, some kind of skill like that, whether it was painting or writing or anything. And so I sort of learned over time that that was fun for me. And um, I think that it actually, sorry, this is really long. No worries. Um, (laughs) um, I think it actually was when I was going through a really tough time with the relationship after I had gotten in a car accident where I was kind of struggling to figure out my words and emotions and how to process through things that I started creating more personal art. And in that time, I found that I was able to say things with art that I wasn't able to say in any other way. Um, I was working in anthropology, doing installations, creating things with my hands. And it was really a therapeutic process for me. And it was fun to, to do and to kind of see my emotions tangibly represented. And I know um, that you studied criminal justice, So you definitely started out in a very different field from now. I mean, you're doing hand lettering and art installations and and all this kind of artistic stuff. So, I mean, what happened um, between the two to get you from point A to point B? Um, Well, I didn't necessarily mean to go down the road of criminal justice either, but I I think I'm someone who, um, when I, I can get interested and intrigued by just about anything, by people who are um, passionate about what they're doing. And I, when I was in school, I was actually going for just like a social science degree and taking a bunch of different classes. And I took a gangs and gang behavior class um, from a teacher who was a parole agent for, you know, his real job. And um, he was 
able to just tell me about the criminal justice system in a way that was so intriguing. We went on prison tours and did all of these sort of, gave me a glimpse into that world. And I ended up taking enough classes where that was what I ended up emphasizing in in college, which was crazy. Um, and he was the kind of professor that makes you believe in what you're doing. So we, um, I ended up afterwards thinking, okay, so maybe I'll be a probation officer. Maybe I'll go into prison intelligence. This is really fun and engaging. But um, I think after a certain point, I realized I didn't want to spend the rest of my life in prison. And uh, after working also at the same time at anthropology, I thought, this might be a nicer life <laughs> for me. And I saw that recently. I mean, Instagram is a big thing for you. Um, yeah. I feel, I think that's where I found you. Um, I can't remember how long ago. I feel like I've been admiring your art for months and months. And, um, and I recently saw that you were, you were posting something that had to do with the Pope. And then he kind of like reposted your art. Tell us about this. I mean, the Pope is kind of a big deal. Yeah, totally. I was really floored when I had the opportunity, to be honest. It was a strange email that when you wake up and you're looking in your inbox, seeing that that's an opportunity, um, it's you never really know where these things will take you. And I think that's been the fun part about lettering. Um, I, Someone who has also followed me on Instagram, and we've uh, kind of had some interaction in there in the past, was a part, I believe, of his digital marketing campaign. And so they reached out to me and asked if I would be willing to contribute some lettering for it. And it's like, absolutely. That is so fun. So that's kind of how that came about. But it was uh, crazy. <laughs> I mean, a big thing I've noticed in my own life is that one random thing leads to another and leads to another and leads to another if you're open to it. And it sounds like all of this, it seems now... Like it all followed like this linear but like whimsical path, you know, your, your brain injury and criminal justice and anthropology and lettering and the Pope. <laughs> but is that something that you could identify as you were going through it or is just one thing led to another and it was a nice process? Or what did it feel like as it was happening? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I think that's such a great question because... Um, One of my favorite quotes is by Leonard Cohen, and it's it says, you'll never untangle the circumstances that have brought you to this moment. And I think I realized about five years ago that I, if I were to try to look back at my life linearly and, um, and understand how my decisions and choices and every little circumstance led to the next, it, I would never have been able to pick out where I would be now. Um, there's been so many opportunities that have just really been open doors that I think I had kind of came to a fork in the road, had the opportunity to take or not. And all of those have sort of led me to new things. And it's been fun moving all over the country, meeting so many different people. So many of my friends have kind of led into more opportunities and it's, it's been a wild ride, but I wouldn't do it differently. That you say you, you travel a ton, and I know that you describe yourself as a road warrior. Is that something that you enjoy travel in, it, in and of itself, or is that something that happens organically because of the work that you do? Um, I would say it's a little bit of both. I um, Growing up, I grew up in a small town and kind of stayed in the area for a while throughout college. And when I... I went on a trip to Chicago, and on a whim, I had never seen... Um, 
any of the art schools in Chicago or anything like that, but on a whim applied to school, the art Institute. And I was just so naive. I had no idea what it even was, but that, um, that opportunity and moving out there, seeing a totally different place, opened up so many other doors for me. And that ended up being, um, an experience that kind of was like the catalyst for a lot more moving around, um, I did a trip where we got to travel for eight weeks all over the country. And I think when you see more places and you travel more places, you start understanding and meeting people and you start seeing that you can kind of move anywhere. And there's a few things that I've realized are essential for me, like, and when I move places and, you know, community and some kind of structure and that, and that sort of thing. Um, but my job and what I do for work actually allows me to do it from anywhere as long as I can find a post office and, you know, internet. So, um, it's really been so fun to be able to jump around and to meet new people and to try different places for a little bit of time, get to know, kind of get to know cities on a deeper level. Like it's, it's fun to go someplace and be more than a tourist. So I do enjoy it. And it's, it sounds like, I mean, you move around a lot, you do a lot of different work. I know that you have, you know, your, your website, which is Ali Makes Things, um, where you do Ali Makes Mail, which I've purchased and I have hanging right now above my monitor, um, which is, you know, beautiful lettering and, and all these different kinds of amazing pictures as well. Um, so tell me a little bit about Ali Makes Things and Kindred. Gives everybody a little background with Kindred and what that is. Um, so Kindred is a kind of collective between me and one of my great friends, Renee Hong, and she is a designer out of the Bay Area. Um, we grew up together. I was her youth leader in um, in a church growing up, and I remember coming back to my hometown after a couple years away, and she asked me to be part of a project with her, and we started working together and realized that our styles and aesthetics and the way just kind of, you know, that we did things really, really worked well. So um, we started taking on projects and we thought it was going to be like a real backseat thing that we did in addition to all these other things that we wanted to do. I still wanted to live in Chicago. She was, you know, in California, but things kind of happened really fast for us. And we, um, with kind of our collective, uh, I guess projects in the past, we both started taking on new stuff and it went faster than we expected, which was amazing. But then I stayed in California and we started working on a bunch of different projects. And from that, it ranges. Um, I think that's what's fun about working with someone else. It kind of opens up your spectrum of things that you can take on. And we did installations and invitations and really anything that people would throw at us, we would consider it was really a creative, um, it's been a really fun creative collaboration for me and her personally. And we're both still doing our own work on the side, but certain projects we do together because we find that we're stronger that way. I mean, it sounds like you do a lot. And I'm curious, um, especially because of my own experience and, you know, there's times that where you're creating and you're having all this fun. And then there's times where you need to worry about the monies or the admin or the taxes <laughs> How yeah. much time do you dedicate to creating and what you truly enjoy 
versus like the admin side of things unless you really enjoy admin I just know I don't (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) I'm like that's the dream right that you love admin but you're just really good at creative stuff (laughs) um that's not my world um I you know I am learning that balance now in life I think I'm a reluctant entrepreneur and a reluctant business person and I've been um learning more about that the last couple years because I ideally like all I wanted to do was make things and I wanted that to be my work and I wanted someone else to you know do all of the other business stuff and um I think that when you're starting you don't always have that luxury and uh that was one of the things that worked out really well about um my my working with uh, Renee because she handled a lot of those things she has more of a designer kind of mind with that um as I've been doing more of my own projects and work I've had to sort of step up in that and you know there's always there's a definite learning curve for me so I'm trying to learn also how to put the right people around me so that I can be stronger in my business kind of I don't know my business stuff (laughs) how does that learning take place I know for example um, a lot of people that I've talked to when they learn to do that, it's because they hit low points, uh, sometimes, you know, burnout or um, all kinds of different negative emotions that happen when then you say, all right, something's got to change. This ain't working. Um, is that something that you went through or were you, I mean, there are also people who are lucky enough to have a mentor say, hey, listen, get this, um, get this right before it causes negative repercussions on your creative life. So I'm just curious about how how that process looked like for you. Yeah, totally. Um, I have been super fortunate to have a lot of um, amazing, supportive people in my life that come from a far range of backgrounds. And um, my dad is a really smart, hardworking businessman. And so this entire time that I've been kind of dabbling in my creative thing and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, he was always sort of drilling the business side of things into me. And also I've just had friends along the way who have been further along in their creative journeys and businesses that, um, I think the the strongest things that I've been able to do is to show up humbly and just say, so I really suck at this. Like, I really have no idea what I'm doing. I'm totally faking it. Can you help me? Um, what do you do? And that has been probably far and away the most beneficial thing to me to learn, for me to learn along this process. And speaking of which, I'm curious as to which has been, or maybe a few of your biggest struggles since you kind of became this reluctant entrepreneur and wanted to create for a living um, and how, how you've dealt with it. Yeah. Um, my biggest struggles far and away have been, um, I think probably in a, in a grander scheme, valuing my own work. Like I have a really hard time suggesting, you know, Oh, this is estimating, quoting people, emailing people, having to sell myself. Like I don't want to ever have to sell myself. And that's been a real challenge for me to do the back and forth on that sort of thing. I would make everything for free for everybody if I could, which is a really terrible business thing to say, obviously, but I, I love it. I really do love what I do. So, um, that part's the fun part for me. I, it kind of going back to one of the things that you said earlier, it was 
just like, what was that moment that made you realize that you needed to change? And for me, one of those things was I was doing so much commission work. And I felt like I was a chameleon changing, you know, my own aesthetic to fit whatever any kind of commission that would come in would be. And it was paralyzing as an artist because for me, I I was trying so hard to fit and make what I was making fit other people's um, expectations and, you know, direction that I was no longer creating pieces that I wanted to create anymore. And I hit a place where it was not making me enough money, taking too long, and I was continuously frustrated with the process. And I it was probably about a year ago, or it was about a year and a half ago, I was living in Santa Barbara, and so I put on Instagram, hey, uh, leave your email in the comments, $25, and I'll send you an envelope of things I'm making. And that ended up being like a huge turning point in what I'm doing. It has reshaped my business and the way that I get to make things for, you know, the last year and a half, which has been incredible. Um, And also, I, sorry, I'm going back again to what you're saying, but I think finding in moving, one of the best things that I have been able to do was um, surround myself with other creatives and not necessarily just creatives, but other entrepreneurs and, you know, people who are doing startups and being kind of creative in the way that they were starting new businesses. And it's been so fun to um, be in, I've been in two different uh, co-working groups in Chicago and in Atlanta And those have been hugely informative and influential, like on my own business and my practice and process and everything. I've learned so much from surrounding myself with people who have better logistics than I do. And it sounds to me, I mean, along with this, I I love, I think the more you speak about this, the more I'm falling in love with the term, like the reluctant entrepreneur. It sounds like what you're saying with, you know, if you were up to you, you would give everyone everything for free, that you're more focused on serving rather than selling um, because you do, you do serve. And while, while you are dedicating yourself to art that fits your own aesthetic instead of, you know, being this chameleon that you were mentioning before, it serves other people to receive your art and it, it opens something, at least within me, I see not only on Instagram, but your mail and it, you know, it kind of shines a light on something inside that nothing was shining a light on before. So I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. And I, I admire you and congratulate you on that. Um, what do you wish you would have known when you started out? Because I think a, a big part of my philosophy is trying to help people so they don't have to make the mistakes that I made because I made a ton (laughs) and I still make them. Um, But I just, sometimes I just want to hug people and say, don't do it. Don't, (laughs) don't do this that I did. So I'm curious. um, What do you wish you would have known? Oh, um, gosh, that's a, that's a tough one because I don't know that I knew I was starting at the time that I was starting. Mm. I think that it was always my, my process and the things that I was making were always running parallel to the other curiosities, and the other 
jobs and the other things that I was doing in my life. And it was something that I didn't know I was starting when I was starting. But I think that's actually common story for a lot of people you know you create an invitation for your friend's bridal shower and then all of a sudden that's what you do or for me this is a really um funny and kind of I don't know now I look back on it and wonder how it was like the beginning for everything but I was asked to create a pop art save the date for one of my friends and this was probably back in 2008 and uh, Etsy was new and this whole world of kind of like this sort of thing I don't know creator individual people who are at home making stuff and selling it was like a new world for me and I never thought I was going to be able to really do it professionally I never considered myself an artist but I had fun with these sort of things and I created these pop art save the dates that then I put on the internet and it became the thing that I did <laughs> And it was not my aesthetic. It was not at all. Like, I totally faked it. It looked like they were vector things, but they were not. They were just a mess. And I um, I guess looking back at that experience, I spent so much time creating things for other people that were not the things that I wanted to be making. And there was a moment that shifted both me personally and with Kindred where we said, what is the work that we want to be doing? And then we started creating it. And at the time, we didn't necessarily have clients that wanted that work. But in order to even show that you can do that work, you have to, you have to create it first. People have to be able to see it and know that it's possible for you to do it. So we just spent a, a ton of time making the things that we wanted to make. I made invitation suites that weren't for anyone. I did things for my family and friends that, you know, they didn't necessarily care whether I made their invitations for a particular event, but I made them anyway. And I made them in the style that I wanted to be working in and creating. I would do installations for areas or places that weren't paying me or would pay me in trade or things like that. And after I mean, after a lot of time of doing that, you build up a huge portfolio of work um, sort of just in the areas that you want to be working in. And from that, I started getting the work that I wanted to. And I think that was one of the biggest things that I did to help myself along the journey and to be less frustrated <laughs> with, with the things that I was making and the way that I was doing it. And it, it sounds counterintuitive because you'd think that you'd be more frustrated doing all this work for no pay or like relatively little pay depending on the project and doing all this stuff for people who may or may not care. But it sounds like you were fulfilled. So it wasn't that frustrating. Is that, is that totally. correct? I think, yeah. And it sort of speaks to, speaks to what you were um, saying earlier, which when you were saying that, I don't know, the work that you see makes you feel something from me because I get frustrated when I'm out in the world and I see advertising or art that feels like it's not connecting, like it was created just to be a commercial piece. To me, like I want the pieces that I create and put out there to look like there was a person behind it, to look like it connects with people and 
I think that art has power to do that. And we are selling ourselves short as artists and designers if we're only doing the aesthetic. So for me to be able to connect with a client, whether they knew it or not about what they wanted and to be able to kind of hear, okay, what is, what is your dream for this? I mean, most designers and artists don't necessarily come in and say, tell me like your whole grand scheme of things. Give me an inspiration board that doesn't, doesn't have to do anything with what we're actually creating, but just feelings, things that make you feel things like throw it all together. I think that kind of design and art is what brings out the best work because then I get excited about it. I get to connect with these pieces. And I think that, you know, whether the people I was creating for or not knew it, you can, you can walk into a place and feel something when you can tell that it was like created with, um, with a lot of emotion and intent behind it. And I think that's so fun. It's so fun for me to discover new artists that I can tell that's in their work. Um, and I want to continue being that creative that does it for that reason. If I find that I'm ever doing it just to put out product or to do it for the aesthetic, it that's going to be a real bummer. I hope I don't ever do that. I'll hold you accountable. Don't you worry. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and I, I think that's, that's something that I... I share with you. Uh, a friend of mine was telling me lately, like you in August, like the month of August are like best friends because I feel like you're in a high right now. And I'm like, you know, while I agree that August is awesome because it's my baby boy's birthday month and my birthday month and my brother's getting married and everything's exciting. It's not really mm -hmm. that that's creating this like high for me. It's because I have commitments to myself to create. You know, I'm like, okay, every day I'm going to take a photo and I, you know, I suck at photography, but I have so much fun. <laughs> and... I'm trying and that, that really, it shows in my attitude and it shows in, in the rest of my life. So I think mm -hmm. I, I share that with you and, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to experience. It's very difficult sometimes to, especially when you have like another job or a nine to five or this or family obligations, like to set aside time for, for creating. But when you do the benefits, are, it's just so amazing. I have one last question for oh, you. Definitely. Mm -hmm. What are, what's well, a double question? <laughs> okay. What are you worried about right now? And what are you excited about right now? Because they might be the same thing. They may, may be related. <laughs> <laughs> I think they are related. Um, I, hmm, that's interesting. Okay. So I'm probably, I think my worries and excitements are tied together. Um, it's been the most fun challenge to, figure out the mail subscription. Um, logistics are not necessarily something that I have a hard time with routine and logistics. So figuring out all of the ways that each month this mail has to get out to so many people has been an amazing opportunity and also total struggle for me. Um, and the cool, and I don't ever want it to like lose the heart that it has behind it. And I think that is one of the biggest pieces for me in all of it is as the mail grows, um, how do I continue to do a good job and keep the, um, the purity and like the, the real heart behind what I'm creating, but keep it scalable. And in that it requires, I think that I'm going to have to be more of a a boss and bring more people on to my team. And, um, that's a little bit challenging for me to like 
try to shift into a place where I am probably going to have to be less mobile and or just, you know, figure out my uh, logistics a little bit tighter. So um, I think scaling logistics, all of those kinds of things are definitely in the place that I'm like, I don't know, worried about right now. Like must figure know. out. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it also it's, means that you'll be able to reach more people. Yeah. I mean, it's a really awesome problem to have. It's just, you want to still create things and do it well. And that's not always easy as you're growing and, you know, learning about something. I mean, this process that I'm kind of going through isn't one where I can just replicate something that I've seen someone else do. Um, there's a few models out there, but at the same time, I'm, I, the, one of the challenges of working from all over is that I'm doing it mostly on my own and I'm having to just kind of adapt and learn and grow along the way. And that takes time, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I wish it could happen instantaneously, but it doesn't. But at the same time, that's what I'm really excited about. I love that, um, I love that I'm getting to connect with so many people and, it was the coolest thing the other day I asked like, what is, you know, what was your favorite thing about the mail subscription? And people wrote in comments that I never would have been able to, you know, articulate that people cared about it in that sort of way. And that meant so much to me. And those are the kinds of things that I live on where it's, you know, it's, it's that affirmation that you're walking in the right direction, that you're creating things that people care about and you're speaking to things that, you know, people think are important. And I think that's really cool. I, I think it's definitely powerful to hold something in your hand and say, like, you know, she made this. This is this is handcrafted. This is handmade. Um, and it came from somebody's heart. I think that there's real power to that. So I, I understand. I've received your mail and I felt the same thing. Very cool. Um, thank you. So thank you so much for for joining us on process your story is amazing and i hope that we can circle back and and find out later on how this mail thing has exploded because it will i mean the more you post about it on instagram the more i see like i don't know like 500 million comments <laughs> of people who are interested so like you said there's that validation and i i keep a, a feel-good box on my computer um for like i'll screenshot things that people say or emails or whatever and so when i'm feeling like i'm a fraud or all this stuff which it happens um i'll like go back in and look at it and be like somebody believes in me so i mean you have your your instagram community is like always there so um and if you ever it really blows me away like it really does i mean i i try to be authentic and transparent on instagram and um i think i don't know it's almost becoming like a trend where people are doing that but i think that it's moving in a good direction um but i hope that i i never want to do it you know for the wrong reasons and it's so amazing when you you put something out into the world like Hey, these are the things I'm struggling with. These are the things that I'm working through. These, this is how I'm growing. And other people are saying, raising their hand as they're looking their screen, going, "Me too." Like totally, me too. And that is what I think is so awesome about something like Instagram and social media is the ability to connect with people that you never would otherwise and find that community. And especially, like, I don't know if it's happened to you, but the posts in my case is my blog posts. 
the ones that make mm-hmm. me the most nervous to press publish are the ones where I get like a flood of emails like, OMG, me too. Yes, always. I, I There's so many where I'm like, eh, is this too much information? Am I oversharing on the internet? Is my mom going to be embarrassed that I'm saying this, you know, or whatever it is. And, you know, I'm totally like going, oh, who's reading these things? But then there's so many other people that are going, oh my gosh, me too. That's what my life looks like. And it's so reassuring. We're all figuring it out. We're all just trying to kind of fake it till you make it, get through, learn, grow, be good at what we're doing and be nice to people along the way. (laughs) And I think that's, I mean, that's all you can really do most days. So it's cool to be in it together. Well, you're doing a really good job of it. And I appreciate it as so as your follower, I, I definitely have felt that, that from you. So thank you. And thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. This is awesome. It's so fun. I'm excited to see what else you do with it. You heard it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ali Nelson, hand letterer, artist, and Instagram extraordinaire. I love Ali's approach to business, more focused on serving than on selling, the reluctant entrepreneur. On top of that, her approach to making, despite not having clients or income at first, making for herself, that blew my mind, because now we can all see where it's led her. Thank you, Ali, for sharing all that. I'll be posting more on where you can find her online in the show notes. So visit marcelachamorro.com slash process for more info. And you, thanks for listening to Process. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you subscribed. Visit iTunes to subscribe now. And that way, you'll be in the loop when we're back with more episodes. Remember to drop us an iTunes review if you enjoyed this talk with Alan. I'd be so, so grateful. Tune in to our next episode of Process for more on managing the ups and downs of creating and making. I'm Marcela, your host, and this was Process. Process.